What's going on, podcast? With the homelessness crisis looming upon the United States, I just had to get this urgent message out there. This is a very serious problem, especially in those larger urban areas. The problem is so huge and so complex that it's going to take a lot more than the government programs to change this problem. I am letting you know today that if you're going through this problem, there is hope for the future. We do have a podcast called Homebound Radio that launched January 30th, 2020, that is meant to help homeless people in their job search. Please know that there is a way out of this, and please listen to some of the encouraging messages of the show if that's you. If you are not homeless, please, please share this on social media. Not because you want to feel good about yourself or to make me feel good, but because of the chance that someone on your social media feed is going through that same struggle and you could change a life. Do it. Please tag me. I would love to comment or reshare to compound the results. Once again, it's called Homebound Radio, and the link will be in the description. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. So today we're going to talk about sprucing up your resume content and design so you can land more interviews. This was actually taken as a part two from the General Assembly event we did here in Austin. And this one is really good because we're going to talk about ATS compliance. We're going to talk about how to have a good design that won't get you screwed over when you send it over to these applicant tracking systems. We'll talk about format and we'll talk about your professional experiences section. I really want to make sure you all pay close attention to this episode just because if you miss a minute or two minutes, you may miss that one key concept that is preventing you from getting your interviews get excited because this may end up changing your job search. Want to make a quick pitch for our Instagram account? Follow at Career Warrior Podcast. We're posting pictures from the show. We're posting quotes and inspirational videos from our guests. You're not going to want to miss out. If you are in Austin and you are a social media or a video or photography guru, please contact me. Send me a DM because we are looking for a social media intern or coordinator to help us out with our content. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, let's get right to it. This is episode 111 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Let's do this. <laughs> so with your experience, make sure you're listing work, whether it was paid or not. I know some people are saying, hey, I'm trying to transition into this space. I'm doing a lot of passion projects. It might be visual work. It might be dev work. It might be something else. Just because you didn't get paid for something does not mean you did not create work. So don't feel like if it was unpaid, you can't include it on your resume. Just put it as freelance, you know, put it as something it, you don't have to list that it wasn't necessarily paid, but if it's relevant, it could help. Um, always list from recent to oldest. That's within your experience. That's within your education. Always make sure the most recent stuff you did is at the top. And each bullet should show impact. I'd say 95% of the resumes that I see list a job description for what the person did daily. How is that important if someone's looking for what you can do with their company? They don't care if you can do these things. They want to know what impact doing those things had, right? 
Make sure you're using strong action verbs. So this is a great opportunity to your sales manager point. Um, you know, if you managed a system, if you you know managed a process, if you built something, if you created something, um, like Chris said, numbers are great to put in here. That shows scale. That shows impact. So if you have anything that is a metric you met or something that you can quantify, that's fantastic. If you are in a space where it's not super quantifiable, what can you do that adds scope, right? So if you're in a customer service role and you're like, hey, I don't really have any quantifiable metrics. Well, how many people are you talking to on a daily basis? How many bad situations are you resolving in a week? Like what are those numbers that you can pull from the things that you're doing that aren't necessarily measured by your company or by your boss, but are representative of the amount of work that you're doing within any given day, week, month? Any questions about experience? Okay, awesome. I do also recommend that you only go back 10 years. Um, Austin is a very ageist city. We're a very young city. I think the median age is like 33. Um, and so the most that you can do to create a sense of agelessness about you online um, is gonna be beneficial. Whether you're super young or maybe getting a little more seasoned, um, you know, it's always gonna be beneficial to kind of cap your experience at like 10 to 15 years on your LinkedIn, on your resume, um, leaving dates off of your education, stuff like that, just to create kind of a general like, there's no age here, only skill and majesty. <laughs> Yeah, if they ask you, but there's more and more companies are going away from that because it's such a time suck and it's not a good applicant process that they're like, the most frustrating thing is when someone says, upload your resume and you upload it and then it's like, fill out this 20 page <laughs> application and you're like, why do you want my resume? Um, so I think a lot of companies are kind of moving away from that because they realize it's just an energy and time suck for people. Um, make sure with your education you're listing post high school education um, unless you are a little baby and you're applying for your first job fresh out of high school leave high school off but do include any education that maybe isn't finished maybe you started a degree you went to some school for an AA or for a graduate degree or whatever make sure to list that because even though you didn't finish it doesn't mean it's not valuable just make sure to kind of put a listing of the equivalent time that you spent in that program, right? So it might be 60 hours or, you know, two years study in this area. Make sure to include any relevant courses or trainings as well. So if you have been beefing up your skills and you have been on Udemy and Coursera and all of these things, you've taken a boot camp, you've done something like that, make sure that you're including that as well. Um, I say with those kinds of things, really don't go too far back because if you took a course three or four years ago and you haven't touched it since, you probably don't still know what you're doing. Um, but if it's something you did recently within the past two years, definitely include it. If you have a random certification that's helpful in your space, always make sure you're including those kinds of things because those are gonna be helpful. And there's also a great section here to kind of list extracurricular volunteer things that might resonate with the company. I don't always recommend you include these, um, but if you look at the company and you see, oh, the CEO did AmeriCorps and that company is super focused on outreach and doing stuff for the community and you did that, great, include that. That might be something that catches a recruiter's eye, catches a hiring manager's eye. This is not a place to put that you are like an avocado connoisseur, that you are an Austin taco eating champion. You might be and good on you, but that's not something you want to include. 
<laughs> Any questions about the content before we jump into design? Yeah. Do you recommend including all of that information in the section called education? If it's like volunteer opportunity or something, that isn't education. No, you could kind of break that out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Make it its own little section. Yeah. There's another hand. Yeah, this is just one that's very specific to me, but... Um, How dare you? I do a lot of volunteer work, and I work with... I'm on the board of Austin Women in Technology, and it's awesome. based, It's one of my full-time jobs. Yeah. But I put it under volunteer work, but I don't want it to be skipped. No, you could totally put that if you're spending that much time. Yeah, put that in your experience. Yeah. If, it's, if it's something that's super relevant for the position you're applying for, one thing I've even done... Um, I had this same situation with someone who I wrote for. What I did was I took that and I put that as the last sentence in that uh, that leading summary, uh, sorry, the profile statement, because I remember her resume, it was like the very back, and like I couldn't even, I was like, I didn't even know you did this whole thing for South by Southwest. And she put it at the very top of her resume and instantly they noticed it, so. Yeah. And I said to put it in There's a few different ways to handle that. What I recommend is doing a section called relevant experience and having that be the thing that's right under your skills and that's all that beefy stuff that you want them to see. And you can, if you have space, also put additional work experience underneath yeah. if you want. That's not even always required. If it's on your LinkedIn, then they can kind of see it and you're fighting for space. Um, but you can definitely break it out and if it's less relevant, it can just be job title and date and it doesn't need to have all that description, I've you know? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about layout. One of my favorite quotes in the entire world is using Times New Roman as the typeface equivalent of wearing sweatpants to an interview. <laughs> um, it's always the visual designers that laugh at that. Um, but I think you could even substitute Times New Roman now with Arial. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. That was dramatic. But why would that be? Yes, it's lazy. It's the default. It's what automatically comes up when you pull up Google Docs. It's Arial, right? It's always Arial. And it used to be Times New Roman when this was still a relevant quote. Um, but, you know, it shows that you haven't put any effort into it, right? You were like, this is the default. I'm going with that, you know? People want to see in the application process that you were putting in effort. So like to Chris's point, design these resumes for people's eyes. Even though you need to stick to all this ATS crap that we just talked about, you still need people to be able to scan this, to be able to read this, especially if you're a visual designer, for those of you that are visual. like Even if you're sticking to ATS standards, it should be visually interesting. And if that is using color or using typeface, um, you know, there's different ways that you can make it more interesting, but ultimately someone needs to be able to read this and they want to know that you put in a little bit of effort, right? Make sure you don't use more than two different fonts or colors. I received a fuchsia resume one time with purple font. My eyes almost exploded. It was the most garish thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I was like, I can't even read this. Um, so, you know, don't get extra. Like, two fonts, tops, maybe two colors, probably only just one. Like, like Chris said, use it as a little bit of spice, you know, make it a little interesting. Make sure you use round bullets or dashes. Pipes are great. Anything simple. If you go past the first symbol bank, you've gone too far, right? First page, easy things. Don't use arrows, don't use fleur-de-lis, <laughs> nothing, no diamonds, nothing crazy. Dots, dashes, pretend it's the 40s, it's Morse code, right? 
there's lots of different formats that you can use. So to Chris's point, you wanna make sure it is a one column format. Think about the way the applicant tracking system is reading a resume. It's reading it from left to right, top to bottom. So anything that you put in your formats needs to be readable from left to right, top to bottom. So with these, even though they're technically two columns because you've got this header column, it's still gonna read it correctly, right? Because it's reading education, okay, cool. This is what they did. But when you have these fancy like Etsy, you know, Pinterest templates that you can get and they're three formats and they've got pictures and they've got bullets and crazy logos and it can't read any of that, right? So having one of those for you visual people who wanna have something that's a little more attractive, having those that you PDF, that you send to a human being, <laughs> like Chris said, that goes in their inbox, that's great. That's perfect for that. That shows your versatility and that you've got that visual flair. Um, but for everything that you're submitting online, it really should be like this. It doesn't need to be boring. There's a way to make an applicant tracking system visually interesting, um, but you are gonna be a little more restricted. And keep in mind, you can always have skills in columns because skills are always gonna read the same, right? They're always gonna read like across and that'll be fine. Um, if you wanna do again a visual one, that's great. This one that Nicole Birch did is actually what I would consider like a designed ATS resume. Nice. It's visually interesting, right? She's got some color, she's got a color bar, a little bit of different font usage. It's very attractive, but it's very readable by an ATS. My only beef is she didn't use bullets, but other than that, I like it. So, I'm not a designer. Mm -hmm. I'm a boyfriend and a student. Mm -hmm. So, I use InDesign for my resume. It looks amazing. But, I'm like regretting that because I'm on so many jobs. Um, the struggle with using anything like InDesign or Canva or anything like that as well is most so most of the time, you're gonna to wanna to upload a doc format of some sort because applicant drafting systems don't read tables, they don't read PDFs as well. Um, so you're gonna to wanna to kind of take the content and just shove it in a Google Doc and make it pretty there within the confines of what you had, which is totally doable. Nicole Birch totally used Google Docs to make this. No PDFs, unless it's going to someone's inbox. Yeah. It gets tricky, like that's, um, Doc, doc versus doc, docx. I think docx is the like the more recently updated, and there's like a bunch of different yeah. versions of it. Uh, just to the problem is like there are a lot of different versions of Word out there. So like if you know that someone's physically going to get your resume in your hands, I do like PDF because it doesn't mess with your design. Um, but I like she's right really to the point. Like a PDF at the end of the day is just a picture. So you're just scanning a picture for different words. It's going to read better if it's through that Word or Google Docs format. So, My most viewed YouTube video is the difference between uh, should you submit the versus PDF versus Word doc? Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> There's only 1,000 views, so I'm really proud of it. So. Shameless plug. <laughs> okay, so some things to remember. Remember, typos and errors are a huge thing. I need to insert this picture that I just found the other day that someone sent me a resume and they were like, ha ha, not hiring this person. And it said attention to detail and detail was misspelled. And I was like, wow. Um, so make sure that you're checking any squiggles. Like if you're running something without like Grammarly or something and you know your grammar's not great, like go through there 
run it through there that can be super helpful um but that was one of my big type like i was a big typo nazi when i was a recruiter and if it was any typo i'd kick it out um white space is okay for those of you that aren't visual designers don't try and shove all of this text in so it's this black box of text um there's a reason that when we read books there are margins of a certain size and there's spacing of a certain length it's so that our eyes can breathe your eyes actually do need to breathe to take in information so make sure you have enough white space that someone can easily scan it because if it's too dense they don't know what to look at right um, again, your goal is to focus attention on your skills and to really pull your story out. So it shouldn't be so dense because you shouldn't be including every single thing you've ever done. It should be, you know, kind of like to the summary point, your highlights, your best of the best, all the stuff that you've accomplished that really kind of brings you to the forefront. Um, and really make sure you pay attention to formatting. Um, there's so many articles out there about how to beat the ATS. If you forget anything that we talked about, like go check those out. You cannot, by the way, always trust if you Google like ATS format resume template, crap will show up. <laughs> so please remember all of the stuff we talked about because there, I've definitely, if you Google that right now, you'll see stuff pop up that's not ATS friendly. So make sure you're constantly checking if you're gonna use a formatted template of some kind. And remember, your resume is a living and breathing document. I hope you're not using the same template and or resume verbiage that you used 10 years ago. Um, there's no reason that you need to use it 10 days from now either. If you've got a resume now that's not serving you um, or as you're applying for jobs, if you're finding you're not getting traction, figure out how you can make it better, right? Like, I'm sure we are both willing to help you for a nominal fee. Um, but you know, if you need to upgrade it, if you need to do these little things that we talked about, like keep workshopping things that work. And once you find that you're getting traction with something, you did something right, use that version and start workshopping that version because there's gonna be things that resonate with different people. There's gonna be things that get you through an ATS sometimes that don't others. Um, so don't be afraid to kind of keep iterating on something that's working. Um, always make sure you're adapting your resume. Um, you know, everybody has different opinions on this. I know Chris said like having targeted ones for different jobs are a good thing. I work mostly with career transitioners, so I'm like, new resume every job <laughs> like you got to get in there um but whatever your your focus is whatever you want to get out of this um make sure that you are kind of catering to what those companies are asking for what those job requirements are at least um and again having multiple versions is a good idea whether it's one for every job or one for every job title um you know just make sure you're kind of organizing those in a way that makes sense so you can keep track of them there's nothing more awkward than interviewing with a company and not knowing which resume you sent them <laughs> so make sure you're kind of keeping that ordered for yourself as well as other people all right so hopefully you're leaving with a plan for creating or revamping your resume with some good tips and some motivation to go land a new and or better job. Um, and you know, this deck, like I said, will be sent out to you as, as a follow-up email. So if you have questions, um, I'm more than happy to connect on LinkedIn. I'm sure Chris is as well. Um, so, you know, reach out to us and we're more than happy to help. Go crush it. Y'all have this. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into our live podcast at General Assembly. This was episode 111, where we talked about sprucing up our content and design. Hopefully, you walk away with some good key takeaways of things you can do for your resume to help you land more interviews. Some other episode recommendations. 
the last one, which was episode 110. It was a snippet part of that same uh, same live event. And the other one, we go a little bit more into detail about creating a master resume and how to target and focus your resume so that you are relevant for the position you're applying for. And we also have other content, uh, plenty of other minisodes where I go into resume details and the technicalities and the uh, small FAQs. Uh, one that comes to mind right now is where I go on Quora and answer the most popular questions. I think that's around episode 53 or something like that. Well, I hope you found this to be useful. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. We're at Career Warrior Podcast. I'll also drop Aaron's LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash in slash the Aaron Ford. And I will put my LinkedIn as well if you want to connect. Just make sure that you put in the message that you know me through the podcast. I will be much more likely, and Aaron too, to accept your LinkedIn request. So this concludes our 111th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you on Thursday. Thursday.